Great, friends. It is so good to be together. Hopefully, you've uh, enjoyed a little, a little refreshments uh, break. It is an absolute joy to welcome my friend Paul here. Um, we, we let you guys know last week, if you weren't here last week and you didn't catch the news, um, Amy and, and I are, are going to be moving on from, from leading here at Good News Church. We feel it's right in terms of giving time and attention to looking after our family. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to be stepping down from leading in April, and, uh, and we're going to be moving on. I just want to bring some clarities to something Andrew said last week, because a number of you have asked. And something Andrew said made it sound like we'd been considering leaving for the last two years. Um, and, uh, and a couple of people asked, have you? And we're like, no, no, we really haven't. Um, no, it's, it's, it's not like that at all. It's um, the last, last few months, but certainly not two years. I'm not sure <laughs> what Andrew was saying then. Um, but... I have to say, one of the things that has made my stepping down easier is knowing that, knowing Paul, and knowing that the church is is going to be in safe hands. So we're going to be adopted uh, by Fordingbridge uh, Church, the Church of Fordingbridge Commission Church in Fordingbridge, or at least that's the trajectory. That's what we are working working towards, and the church which which Paul leads. And uh, he's a good friend. Uh, I've known Paul for lots of years. We've played football together. Um, we've studied theology together. We've even tried to break into the wrong house together. We've, we've done all sorts of, of fun things. But I can tell you this about Paul is that he loves Jesus. He loves Jesus and he loves the local church. And uh, so it's a real, real privilege to, to be able to introduce him to, to you guys this morning. And uh, Paul's going to be around a lot over the next few months. And uh, Paul, over to you. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Sam. Okay. I'll wait for, I'll wait for the uh, big booming noise to kick in. How are we doing? Is that good? Okay, great. Um, everything seems to sound okay, doesn't it? Uh, if you caveat it with, he's a man who loves Jesus, even breaking into people's houses seems to be okay, doesn't it? <coughs> That's actually true. We went to London. Did you, have you told the story? We went, we went, we went to London, and um, my wonderful wife who's also the administrator for the church had organized us a place to stay as part of a theology conference for a few days and we went to try and get into our place and we were locked out of it uh, which included a whole host of uh, excitable moments of us trying to put our hands through the letterbox and try and open it from the outside in uh, and uh, also from the locksmith turning up in there I think probably about midnight or something like that just before we were considering going and get a travel or, or or a spa treatment or something like that <clears throat> so, uh, good morning, everyone. A uh, special welcome if you're new or visiting this morning. Thank you for having me here and for actually the wonderful welcome that we've received as a family. So, as Paul, uh, as Paul said, as Sam said, my name is Paul. I lead the team that oversees New Life Community Church, and it's, it really is my privilege to be leading alongside Sam whilst we embark on a new adventure together in becoming one church family. So in, in preparation for today, I went through a, a good few cups of tea just thinking, how do I go about just introducing myself? You know, I realized that this is a, a big change, one that myself and, and Sam and all the leadership teams involved from the elders to the apostolic are full of faith for. Yet, nonetheless, it's still change, and a change by God's grace that we will navigate successfully through together for the glory of his name, for the good of his people, and for all the lives 
who are yet to be impacted by this one church family being expressed in local communities. So in the end, I thought it best, the best impression I could give was to just share a little bit about myself, about my family, a little bit about our hearts. And then I'm just going to do what I usually do. I'm going to preach the word, okay? So we are here. It's great to be with you. And I'm not sure if Sam has mentioned, but in hoping to serve you well and the church as a whole moving forward, we are aiming to increase, that's hopefully that's nearly done, the employment of one of our elders, Dale, who can then be more prominent in serving the church family in Fordingbridge. That therefore means that Joe and I um, can be released to serve the family here in Wimborne a little bit more prominently, especially in its first season. And the plan is that Joe, and, Joe will be with me for, t- well, we're going to be here, I'm going to be here three out of four Sundays, on typically, uh, and I'm sure you'll be asking me soon, please don't contribute so much to, uh, <coughs> to coming as often as you do. <laughs> the plan is Joe will be with me for two of those, and then you'll have us all together for at least one of those four Sundays. That's the kind of general plan. And I'll be looking forward to getting to know you all, not just on Sundays, but hopefully just as we get back into a rhythm of doing life together, journeying together. I hope to get you know outside of those, get to know you outside of those Sundays, you know, through socials, life groups, prayer groups, all that good stuff. Um, one of our elders, Kane uh, and his wife um, Lynn, were planning to come along this morning to support, but unfortunately, on return from his business trip, he he got COVID. Literally, yes, he 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 did his test yesterday and was tested positive. He's doing well, but I do appreciate that if you just keep them in your prayers as a family, that'd be great. Okay, Paul married to Joe. We've been married for 21 years. Wave your hand, Joe. Just give a little, uh, there we go, that's Joe. Uh, we have two children, Maya and Ben. Give us a wave, kids. Thank you. Wow, so enthusiastic. Thank you. We had prepped them as well before coming. <clears throat> Maya is now halfway through her first year at Burgate Secondary School, and Ben will be starting secondary school at Burgate this coming September. We also have a dog called Austin, who is a Weimarana, and he's a big softy with a tremendously loud bark. Um, Joe's not only my teammate when it comes to family life, but also in work as well. So Joe, being the administrator for New Life, she wears quite a few hats in terms of responsibility, but of course we all know what that's like. If you're involved in any kind of service within the church, you're not typically wearing just one hat, but usually quite a few. And without stating her obvious loves, her additional loves include Yorkshire tea. If you want to win a heart, Yorkshire tea bags, that's the way to go. Crochet and puzzle boxes. Big fan of, like, escape the room puzzle boxes. Yeah, she always took a hammer to one that I gave her at Christmas, but <clears throat> she's pretty good at that. One of the things we like doing together is we will just sit down and binge something on Netflix, okay? That is when we got a little bit of time, we'll just sit down and binge a good TV series. We just started a tourist on BBC One. That was quite exciting. So we just, we've only just started. Probably just started. <clears throat> As a family, probably our favorite thing to do together is to get out in the caravan for a week or two. And that's when we've ditched the digital stuff. Uh, lots of walking, lots of reading, and lots of sleeping. So apart from my obvious, obvious loves... I do love music, I do love sports, uh, you know, that's just part of my history really, uh, I love football, I came from a footballing family, my dad was a professional football player, my uncle was a professional football player, and there was me. <laughs> uh, 
I was saying to Sam the other day that actually I used to, when I was younger, I used to play against Wimborne Town. I've heard the ground's been developed since then, so I'm, I'm keen to go along and have a little look. So music and sports, I do, uh, I love. I also seem to love leaving unnecessarily long messages on answer phones. So um, I'm going to apologize in advance. If you get an answer phone from me, I'm trying to whittle it down. It is working. Even the staff team now give me a wink as if to say that's enough. You need to stop and cut it short. <clears throat> I am getting a little bit better. And uh, just before I do get into the preach, I do want to state the obvious. I do want to state the obvious. I love God. I love the hope that I have in him. I love my family. I love the church. I love the people of God. I love seeing people grow in their faith. I love seeing people crossing that line of faith and putting their trust in Jesus for the first time. You know, to summarize, I think, you know, I love to see people's lives being transformed by Jesus. It is a privilege to be on mission together, seeing people grow in their faith and grow in their witness. A privilege to play our part in God's grand narrative. It's his story and I love being part of it, as I'm sure you do too. I do, I, I will, I do have a bit of a habit of saying amen in the, in the church. You know, I get excited. They usually say amen together. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, that would be a really good way of making me feel welcome. However, if you don't agree, obviously don't say amen. <coughs> but it's a good way of noting response. Anyway, good. So in my preparation, I felt appropriate to, in God to deliver one of the preaches that we had been looking at as a preaching service as a church family in the book of 1 Peter. So today we are going to be looking at stones, houses, priests, and sacrifices. Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> good. <laughs> yes, loving it. Good. So uh, 1 Peter is a letter from the apostle to church families scattered across what, the nation, what we now today know as Turkey. And the letter is written really with the intention of laying a foundation of hope. A hope for now and a hope for future. A hope in Jesus that is strong and therefore prevails in times of in adversity. So if you have your Bibles, we are going to turn to 1 Peter 2, verses 4 to 5. If you don't, don't worry. It should pop up wonderfully on screen behind me. Look at that. Good stuff. Isn't it trust? Trust is Elliot is 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 knowing that the slide is going to come out, come up behind you without looking backwards, isn't it? Trust, yeah. <laughs> okay, so one Peter two verses four to five. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. Lord God, I want to pray that your presence would be with us, Lord God. I want to pray that, Father, you would stir our hearts, Lord, that we would yield to you. And that, Father, you would uh, open our ears to what your spirit is going to say to your church. I pray even now that you would uh, deposit seeds of encouragement within people's hearts, Lord God, as we come into a time response, Father. We want to bring that together as a family. Father, we want to pray, uh, Lord, that you would stir us, that we wouldn't go out being the same 
as we go out from this church, Lord, that we'd be equipped for our daily lives, Lord, in living for you and engaging and being witnesses for you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so the Bible communicates to us in different ways. And some modes of communication will really hit the sweet spot for some and not for others. For example, if you're an engineer, or have we got any of those engineers, programmers, mathematicians? Raise your hands. You guys, okay. Then I imagine instructions on how to build an ark or a temple with measurement values and words like cubits will get you quite excited. <laughs> Alternatively, Imagery might be your thing, and the pictural language that is used might really help you grasp a richness and depth without having to you know, know the details, uh, the exact details, or articulate them in comparison. So images such as Jesus as the Lion of Judah will communicate the lion-like qualities of God, his strength, his roar, his presence, his might, or like when the psalmist describes God as my fortress and my rock. You know, the image that captures the power of God to surround and to protect, emphasizing his unbreakable nature. When in scripture that we just read, stones, houses, priests, and sacrifices is the language and imagery that Peter uses to describe the makeup and activity of the church in light of the remarkable difference that Jesus makes. Most of our attention is going to be given to verse 5 of this passage, but you can't really do that without understanding the significance of verse 4. So let's just touch on that by reading that again together. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Okay, to kick things off here in verse 4, there's something about a living stone, singular, who came from heaven to earth, was rejected by men, but in the sight of God is chosen and precious. There is something that Peter is sharing about Jesus, the living stone, the living stone that is the mechanism for the church to be made of sturdier stuff. Through Jesus, we have a stone-like quality, a strength and a resilience that comes from knowing that we too, despite at times being rejected in this world, in the sight of God, are chosen and precious. Amen? Amen. Okay. However, that is not all. Unlike the stones we find layered one by one to form a wall or a tower or this even this fantastic building uh, to play its part in structural integrity, we ourselves, we are not cold, dead rock formations. Through Christ, his church, you and I, and all those who have put their trust in him, we are not just made of sturdier stuff, but we have a heartbeat. We are alive. And so when people encounter those who belong to Jesus, they should find a people who have been made alive to God and as a result are more sturdier in life. More sturdier in life when it comes to weathering different seasons. More sturdier when it comes to understanding and walking through life. More sturdier in security in identity, of value, of belonging, and of future hope. The people that we encounter shouldn't receive a cold reaction. For the church of Jesus Christ is a church who has a heart that beats for God. No, instead they should encounter a blood-pumping, warm, active, <laughs> on-fire church that is notably anchored in something sturdy, 
rock-like, stone-like. They should encounter image bearers of the one who is the living stone and know what it is to be chosen and precious in the sight of God. Living stones in the likeness of the living stone. So verse 5 says, You yourselves, like living stones, are built up as a spiritual house. So really here, and this is where we're kind of of driving our main point really, here in this verse we find our fundamental understanding of the church and how it is to be. As living stones, sturdy and beating for Jesus, we are not meant to be isolated as the people of God. We are not rocks that have been scattered and, and left to our own devices, but shaped and fit for purpose. In Christ, we are ready made to be part of something bigger. Together we are, brick by brick, layer by layer, added to the spiritual house, which is the family of God. Now, I don't know what it is, what your opinion is when it comes to houses, what might be aesthetically pleasing to you. There's, a, there's this new development down the road from us called Augustus Park in Fordham Bridge, uh, where every house is pretty much identical in design. That's what it's currently like for us in Fordham Bridge, by the way. Lots of housing developments or, you know, housing developments trying to be pushed through and I've noticed as we've walked around with Sam there's lots of housing developments trying to be pushed through and are in process at the moment here in Wimborne so at Augustus Park every brick cut and material used from building to building tells a story of exact replication so if you like symmetry and things being neat and tidy this housing development is for you however Personally, I don't think the church is cut like that. I think the absolute wonder and beauty of the church is that it's made up of different stone qualities, different shapes and sizes and different colors. Living stones of people who have a heartbeat for Jesus, brought together by the architect who is less concerned with the symmetry and is more joyful with variety. A diverse and unified church I think to us that may look a little like a chaotic construction but to the architect it is well thought through the smallest of details accounted for and every stone I believe impeccably placed God knows how to build his church the wonder about you and I is that we're all different and have been drawn together by the master builder We all bring something different to the table, different qualities. We all come in different shapes and sizes. Well, I have found out that it seems like the leaders of Good News all come in the same shape and size. (laughs) I'm I'm pleased to know that I seem to fit in immediately. (laughs) We all all bring something different to the table. This is what happens when I go off off skill of my notes, by the way. It takes me a moment to get back in. Look. But there isn't one of us that isn't significant in value to God. Not one of us who isn't fit for purpose. And we should know that even though we might be a bunch of odd stones pulled together, when you take a step back and then look at the building as a whole, you are taken aback by the wonder of what the architect has done. I want to read to you from Psalm 48. one of my favorite psalms at the moment. I'm going to read to you from verses 1 to 5, and then I'm going to skip to 12 to 14. It says, Great is the Lord 
and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of, the, of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king, within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Number her towers. Consider well her ramparts. Go through her citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. When Peter writes this passage, this letter, he has Jerusalem in mind. The city of God, the dwelling place of his presence and his people. It is a physical place, physical in construction and physical in location. However, as Peter knows, all that changes with the arrival of Jesus and the gift of his spirit. But in principle, it remains the same. God's desire for a city of people who know and love him, a place in which he dwells with them. This is very much at the heart of God's agenda. However, in Jesus, that city, that construction is no longer a physical place or location. It is no longer found in the formation of cold stones, but is found bound together in the gathered people of God, living stones who have been made alive to him. The beauty and strength of this spiritual house is found in its ability to be anywhere at any time and still fulfill the wonderful function of being this city of God, the place of God's people and a place of his presence. And Jesus, we have this mission to go to the ends of the earth. And so this glorious, beautiful house of God needs to be one that is mobile, one that can be established in city upon city, town upon town, village upon village. This Psalm 48 construction of God is no longer to be found in a singular location, but is to be marveled at across the nations. Which is why we don't put our hopes in buildings. We put our hope and trust in the living stone that is Jesus and our efforts into serving and supporting all those who make up this marvelous spiritual house. If we have a building, it serves the purpose of mission, of mission, uh, purpose and mission of God, and we are not precious about it. We are precious about the people of God and about those in our community who have yet to know God. And about remembering on a daily basis that our sturdiness comes from Christ and our beauty comes from the architect that is God. Forgetting those things will see us in danger of losing our sturdiness and it diminishing the church's beauty. So not only are we being built up into a spiritual house, but also as a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood that offers spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The nation of Israel consisted of 12 tribes under the old covenant between God and his people. God had selected the men of one of those tribes, the tribe of Levi, to be a priesthood, a role uniquely reserved at the time for those who were to, be, to intercede before God on behalf of all the people of Israel. And this was done through regular sacrificial offerings. Out of those men... One was chosen to be the high priest, and the high priest had access to the Holy of Holies. This was the place where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, the place of God's presence, his commandments, and of his mercy seat. It was here the high priest 
would enter once a year on behalf of all the people of Israel, an intimate offering to a most holy God for the sins of a people he had called his own and who had put their trust in him. Now, the book of Hebrews is really helpful in explaining the wonder of the new covenant God makes through the sealing activity of his son, Jesus. Through Jesus and because of Jesus, an exchange is made of role, function, and activity. There is no longer any need for a high priest because Jesus has come once and for all as the great high priest and sacrificial offering of an atonement that makes any one person right with God through faith in him. Through Jesus, there is no longer a chasm between the holiness of God and the sinfulness of people. As great high priest, his death on the cross saw the curtain to the Holy of Holies torn in two, enabling all people access to God through him and him alone. So there's no longer a need for a select group of men to be a priesthood. For all who follow Jesus, the King of Kings has become a royal priesthood. Through Jesus, we have access to our holy God. As priests, we all have an offering to bring of thanksgiving, of intercession. It is an offering of worship, which is why we don't subscribe to the Roman Catholic theology of priests. Because of Jesus, we have direct access to the Father. It is through him that we receive forgiveness of our sins and is not only the responsibility of a select few to receive a confession or to intercede to God in prayer, but as those counted in as family through Christ, we are all priests, a family that confess our sins to one another. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. In other words, as a family together, share the stuff you're struggling with, including how you might have sinned against God, and then intercede for one another. Come to God through Jesus in prayer that God may bring healing to your circumstances and struggles. So last note on spiritual sacrifices before uh, we come into a time response. So spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God are not just an offering of thought. Just because it says spiritual doesn't mean is not physical. What it does mean is this literal moving away from the old covenantal sacrificial system and an embracing of bringing offerings to God that come from a heart of knowing him and loving him through Jesus. Christ's once-for-all sacrifice moves in us a heart that overflows with thanksgiving to God. Sacrificial statements of heart and deed that say to God, you mean more to me than anything else this world can offer. That sacrificial offering will include the way that you offer your time to God. It will include the way that you serve others. It will include the way you handle your money. It will include the way that you handle your career prioritize your relationships, your hospitality, your generosity, saying no when you want to say yes and vice versa. Whatever it is, it is a heart attitude that is worked out in the practice of your daily life. And it is a heart attitude that says, above all things, God, you mean more to me than anything else this world can offer. These are spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. 
because of Jesus, the living stone, we too are living stones. Not cold, not dead, but with a heart that is beating for thin. We gain a sturdiness that is uneasy to move, uniquely cut and shaped of different qualities, shapes and sizes. God takes all those who put their trust in them and fashions them into what is a glorious spiritual house, something that onlookers are astounded by and fearful of, not because of us, but because of the God who is with us and goes before us. Amen? From living stones to royal priesthood, we are a body of believers who wholeheartedly serve the king, a family who are able to confess to one another and intercede for one another in Christ. What a wonderful thing it is to live under the new covenant, the new promises God has established with his people in Christ. So as the worship team come up and lead us, it is right fitting that, that we respond. Not, not just now, not just here, but in our daily life with heart-filled, sacrificial offerings to God. Ones that personally demonstrate from us to him that he is worthy of it all. Can we stand together? As we come to respond, there are two types of um, confession that I would like to highlight with you in light of all that we've worked through this morning. The first is confessing our need for Jesus. And the second is to confess our sin. And this time of response, just here, right now, we're going to take a moment an opportunity to confess our need for Jesus. Now, you might be a mature, experienced Christian in this room, and if you are, then of course this will not come as much of a surprise to you that whether you are young in your faith or experienced, it is good to keep come back, coming back to confessing our need for Jesus. We are on a significant journey together as in, in becoming one church family. And we need Jesus, amen? So we're going to take a moment just personally to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you here. I need you now. I need you in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead. I don't want to stop myself from needing you. There might be some of you here who've never ever confessed your need for Jesus. And I want to read to you from something from Romans 10, 9 that says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is true in that age old saying, confession is good for the soul. If that's something that you feel 
moved to do this morning, confess your need for Jesus in your life, I would love to take the opportunity to pray with you. So come find me when we've finished. And confession of sin is also how I'd like to respond. So now this is something that can be done personally, but if I'm being honest, I think it's more beneficial to do with family. Now you might be able to, I'm not asking you to share all details when it comes to that. That's okay, but if you, you know, with a close friend or standing next to a close friend, you feel you just want to nudge them and just say, hey, can you pray with me? This is a great time as part of our time of worship together. Just as simple, just simple, can you pray with me? Let's do that as an offering of worship as family before God. And if you're new here, I just want to say, don't worry, this is just normal family activity. And if you want prayer for anything, don't be afraid to ask someone to pray with you. So we're going to respond together in worship. The guys are going to lead us in a song. And we're going to respond together as God's spiritual house, where his people are gathered, where his presence dwells. Let's come with spiritual sacrifices of thanksgiving and of confession. Let's do that together as an offering of worship as family. And I do want to say that if there's anyone has any prophetic encouragements during that time, please feel free to come to the front and share for the benefit and building of God's church. So God, come be with us now. Come be with us now. How deep the Father's love for us. Lord, I just want to pray, Father, come in great measure. Stir our hearts, Lord God. Awaken us to you. Awaken us to our need for you again. Awaken us to our need to to be right before you. We're right through what you have done, and yet you call us to a holiness as well. And so I pray that, Father, even now, in your great fatherly care, just prod us to pray with one one another and intercede with one another as family. And so, God, I give that to you now. I lay that before you, and I thank you that, Father, you are with us in this new adventure. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you.